And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. Hello, welcome to House of Strauss. Welcome to Industry Talk. Welcome to a conversation between myself, Ethan Strauss, and Ryan Glassbeagle, the New York Post. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. Um, remember, I don't know, like eight hours ago when you texted me that there's no topics? Yeah, the content gods, uh, they were a little bit late, but boy, did they deliver all at once uh, in, in this late July. Uh, so where do you want to go with it? Where do you want to start with? Let's just get right to it. Enough yeah, we got to start with Griner. I mean, I you'd like ever, us to like wait for more people to get here, but... Um, I don't know. We can't like filibuster beat around the bush. Like we got to talk about Griner right away. So, um, (laughs) the, the topic that we're allowed to admit is kind of funny. It's the topic that finally allowed to admit, like, because it was just, it was getting like all the place. The first place I saw it was Bleacher Report aggregating CNN. And I'm sure Bleacher Report got some type of heads up because it's the same company. And it was like breaking um, U.S. is like it was almost like really like an NBA trade, like breaking U.S. is is um, engaging in trade talks um, with Russia to get Brittany Griner back. Um, And it turns out, as we've kind of like suspected, they would get cornered into the whole time. They're going to offer the merchant of death in return. Yeah, yeah. But they want two. They want two for one in this case. And look, let's just set some parameters, some ground rules. Uh, the both of us would like Brittany Griner to be returned to the United States. But maybe where we differ from the official media take is understanding that she got herself into the situation. I, I have analogized it to if I drive into the river, the state, based on our social contract, has a responsibility to try to get me out of the river that I have driven into but yes, I, I am the one who has done this. And look, I know that there's some vagaries as to maybe she didn't do anything. All I can say is that within the NBA, everybody thinks that, yes, she was transporting weed, to be sure, a victimless crime, but to be sure, a crime in Russia punishable by what the punishment they're attempting to levy is. So uh, I think it's a weird to get before getting into the trade. By the way, but, it's a crime. I in a lot of America too, but I, yes. she wouldn't get 10 years in prison for it anywhere. But, you know, it, it's not like she could do that everywhere. Like, I don't even no. know. Can she in Arizona where she plays? I don't know their rules, but well, there's um, also this aspect to it where it, it, the media is not discussing two things or if they are, it's sort of voce. Um, thing number one is the high probability that she screwed up and this is her fault. And for all the criticism of the Biden administration, uh, of all of us for not paying enough attention to it, um, it's, it's, it's her, like she put herself in this position again, it's something I could see myself doing in my mid twenties. Right. So I'm not, I'm not saying that it's the worst judgment in the world, but that's, that is what has happened. And the other thing that is not talked about is. The American geopolitical decision to fund Ukraine after Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, I'm guessing, played a role in this. I'm guessing, uh, based on what I've uh, what I've learned, the people I've talked to, that the American athletes in Russia in the women's basketball league could do whatever they wanted, basically, and live like Americans. 
And that arrangement stopped once the United States started funding uh, Ukraine after America. Yeah, so Ukraine. the rules so, changed yeah. to proper which is Which is weird that we can't even talk about that, because if you think that it's a righteous battle on Ukraine's side, and if you think that the United States is right to do that, as I think a lot of people in the media do, then it, it would be strange. It's like they're almost trying to uh, hide the idea that there are any negative externalities to the foreign policy decision. But those are the two unmentioned things in the whole. Well, they just say it's like made gas prices go up, you know, yeah. but they um, they use it. They 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 say that. But um, so the other thing that the like one thing that I found interesting, like, first of all, it, this was something no one was allowed to joke about before. And then all of a sudden, when it was like started getting worded like it was by literally all the outlets were like, basically, it was like a Woj or Shams tweet, like talking about the trade talks. And so that just like just it was open season and everyone the memes were flying. Yeah. Everyone was like laughing at the way that this was being communicated. And then the second part is. This trade was offered last week. We didn't hear about it last week. We heard about it now when Russia has yet to accept it. So, like, the merchant of death may not be (laughs) enough because otherwise wouldn't they just be, like, throwing a parade that they got her out of Russian jail? Well, this is the other thing where you're not, again, we want her sent home. We don't want her to rot in Russian prison for weed. But it is frustrating that she has put the United States in this expensive, uh, just complicated position with a nuclear power where to free her, they are attempting to free, again, somebody nicknamed the Merchant of Death. And we, and should, I, we should mention who this guy is. He's basically Victor like Bout. the, um, you know the Michael Jordan of arms traders. And yes. you know, if it was like, he, he was amoral. It wasn't like he was like only funding terrorists, but he wasn't unwilling to fu- to like supply terrorists well, with guns if they would pay him. And he was the best at getting guns. Like, you know, us friendly regimes used him to, we're not blameless. Like, the yeah, guy but, here, could, but, but here's the thing with that, because I've heard that, that, that cope, I would call it, with how bad this is. And we, we said, we, we extended our compliments to Laura Wagner as, as a reporter in many ways, but disagree with the minimizing of this, because she used this argument that, well, the merchant of death, it's a, it's a scary nickname, but he didn't do anything that the United States didn't do as far as you know, funding, uh, funding terrorists and funding dictators. Look, an individual doing that we look at a little bit differently uh, than we do a nation. Uh, it, it's a little bit more of an unstable dynamic, and it is a bit of whataboutism. And I understand and the United like, States is a terrible thing. The, um, on one hand, you can be like, look, these, there's wars happening, and people need weapons in wars, <laughs> and if they don't get him, them from him, it's just going to be somebody else. It's like when they catch a heroin dealer in the inner city, it's not going to stop the aggregate flow of the poison. Um, I get that, but if it's somebody who's the best at it, it, um, if you believe in gun control, as I think we, the both of us do to a certain extent, that if there is more supply of weapon, 
more things, more uses of the weapon tends to happen, right? Then you would have to think that the merchant of death, the guy who is the best at arms trading around the world and stirring up conflicts, that freeing him, unless there's something about him we don't know, that maybe he has lost his stomach for the game and he's out of the game, right? Um, We don't know anything about the last 10 years. We know... I figure it out, like, because I had to write about this a few times. And so I read, you know, the post coverage of it at the time. This was not somebody who was, you know, particularly remorseful. Yeah, I would. Again, I know we shouldn't be glib about this. I know that somebody is in Russian prison, but I would love to see this debated, vigorously debated on first take, uh, <laughs> as far as whether the trade is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't believe we're trading the merchant of death for Brittany Griner, Stevie. The, the, this is ridiculous. We are putting other Americans at risk all over the world. She broke the law. And maybe just one of those special monologues where Stephen A. gets the camera right on him and he explains that given the awful things the United States has done abroad, you know, who are we to say that the merchant of death is so bad? You know, it's it, look. I would love to see it debated earnestly, and it is this liminal space now between comedy and tragedy that you can you can laugh. Enough has happened. I mean, the memes were great. The person who did that little I love the draft jingle, by the way, yeah. the NBA draft. I love that. But the uh, the the Biden steps to the microphone. They play the little Adam Silver draft. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love it so much, and. Again, it, it it's fun to sort of laugh a little bit and have a little bit of that catharsis because the ESPYs, not that anybody watched them, um, but the ESPYs were, were cloaked in that seriousness and that sanctimony. And I think what's interesting about this story, Ryan, well, that sanctimony people... pressured Biden to offer the mm. merchant of death. I... The one guy watching the ESPYs, uh, Joseph... What, what is it? Robin? Robin? He has a strange middle name. Whatever the middle name is, Biden. <laughs> watching the ESPYs. Um, is it Robinette? Am I, can anybody give me a yes or a no in the chat as to whether I remembered it correctly as Robinette? Um, We're getting a bunch of comments in the chat that, um, <laughs> These are great that comments. Putin is the Danny Ainge of geopolitics. Um, <laughs> he, um, oh. So I I will say, though, on a very serious note, that it's very concerning to me, the, like, second derivative of this, where any despot all over the world can just jail one of our celebrities. Now, granted, yes, I think she Mm. did what she's accused of, but you don't have to do what you're accused of to be incarcerated by a despot. Mm. And so it, it, it opens it up a slippery slope where any of these countries can incarcerate one of our celebrities that, you know, the pressure campaigns will mount behind. Oh, they, 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 they found our one to... week. The world has found our one weakness, right? Is that we love our celebrities. They, they have found our weakness and it is celebrities. Yeah. And... You know, like Brittany Griner's coach said this, like her incarceration just shows that, we, we don't care about women. We don't care about black people. We don't care about gay people. But like if I was incarcerated in Russia, people would care a lot less about it than Brittany Griner. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it says more that Brittany Griner was transporting cannabis products 
in Russia at the time when the United States uh, started funding the opposition to Russia's incursion. But that might not be as catchy and as flashy, and it might not uh, do the look. They're trying to do a complicated thing. I don't know how you pressure people properly if you are a friend of hers. I will say what's interesting. I would have. I think there's what they should have been. What they should have done. The most productive thing they could have done is figure out what the bribe amount was to get her out. Like, what does it cost? Yeah, and then raised it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. We know so little about Russia. And this is the type of argument you would hear from a Noam Chomsky, that we, our media censors a lot of what comes out of there, that it's not easy to access RT, for instance, if you live in the United States. And so I'm not sure we have a good sense of what they're even open to. I mean, we don't know if Vladimir Putin, the GM of Russia, even wants Victor Bout. I mean, maybe, right? I, maybe well, he does. Like, the, he the Russian press signaled like that, like they were the ones who broke the, oh, well, what if this is the trade rumors? And, mm. um, you know, they were the first people to to plug it into the machine and say, hey, the, 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 these salary cap matches. And so the... Um, I mean, that's what that was like. What the signal we were going on was. What is Victor like about? I'm, I'm, about again, I'm not trying to be glib, except I am trying to be glib. I, I don't care. I really can't get fired from my own uh, website, or maybe I shouldn't tempt fate saying that. But whatever. I mean, what if Victor Bout's release? He's the missing piece for Putin's team that allows him to win the war against Ukraine. I mean, if he's the greatest of all time. Look, I I don't know. I don't know. What if, what if it's like putting Dennis Rodman with Michael Jordan? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's just go all in on this. Fuck it. Look, again, we want her to be released. We're not laughing at her plight. But the idea that there is a trade, the idea that there's a, a, a guy and named Paul And then it was Wheeler. just covered like uh, the NBA media covers trades. Like, we didn't do this. They did. They yes. gave us no choice but to make fun of it. The way that they presented and communicated this information. The idea that you could get the merchant of death in his prime for this deal. <laughs> this, this, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for... Vladimir Putin, what is he even waiting for? I mean, is he the jazz in this scenario? Uh, are, are we the Timberwolves? I mean, what is it? What, what is even the analogy? People in the chat, by all means, I would like to know because, hey, this merchant of death guy, he seems useful for the aims of a totalitarian, uh, expansive dictator. Um, so I, I, he seems like that's a really good get. I don't know what Brittany Griner's really getting us. Again, I, I wish her well. I want her back. Uh, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what she's doing for us beyond uh, beyond the WNBA. So I'm, I'm just if, if we're ever gonna be the subject of a defector hit piece, the last <laughs> 15 minutes are gonna what's gonna do it? Yeah, perhaps, uh, perhaps again, again, we want her back. We want her back. At the same time, <laughs> well, I mean, look, it, it, the SBs. It, it it was just. I'm getting to the part that I thought was a little bit interesting about this whole story is that the back channel is alive and talking uh, on this one. A lot of people behind the scenes are saying the type of things 
were sane and are frustrated that there's been such a display of overwhelming sympathy for somebody who got themselves into the situation. And there's this externalization of blame and no acknowledgement of how it's not our fault. And beyond that, I was reading some of the comments. I know YouTube comments are what they are, but I was reading some of the comments in preparation for this conversation um, on the display that was made at the ESPYs by the athletes. And a lot of people were pissed off. And it's not just it's not just that there's no acknowledgement that the person involved screwed up, but there's also this assumption by the celebrities that she needs to come back because she's a celebrity or because she's an athlete. And the way they were talking about it at the ESPYs that... Right, like, you don't ever hear them talk... Do you know how many Americans are jailed, like, unjustly in China, like, Russia, all over the world? There's hundreds of them. And they don't give a fuck. And look, if you phrased it, hey, she's a friend of mine, and she's a great person, and she doesn't deserve this, and whatever you could do to get her back, we would, I mean, I would just appreciate it. Because let me tell you, she is a stand-up person. That's a different argument from she's an Bring athlete. Bring her home or I'm going to keep, like, browbeating you. Well, or just, like, she's an athlete and we're all athletes. And the world of athletes wants this athlete back. That conveys we think we're better than you. And we're on a plane above you and we matter more than you. And that's why this needs to happen. And so... This is, in some ways, a peripheral story, but I think it does get at some things uh, to the core that really frustrate and piss people off, which is celebrities only caring about their own clique and not really caring about regular people. And you just don't you don't see them even trying to connect this to anything regarding regular people as they're browbeating the public and making these public displays as though we have anything to do with it. Not that I would ever consider myself regular, Ryan, but, you know, <laughs> the, the royal we. Yeah, they um, and then the other part, you know, there's like the, the wrestler MJF, who's one of his slogans is I'm better than you and you know it. <laughs> but like early on um in this the narrative was like well she's only playing in Russia because the WNBA pays oh, so little that me. kind of fizzled out um look she makes like 250 grand in the WNBA and I actually would argue that like the WNBA stars are pretty underpaid she, she relative is underpaid to what- relative to her fame I would say yeah, relative to what the league would be drawing and is drawing in sponsorship money and should be drawing if they hired, like, the right people to market it and if their, like, players would uh, be a little bit less uh, grading. It, it, but, like, like they should be... Um, like, she should be making several million a year in the WNBA with their marketing apparatus. And that's like a fair point. I get that their TV ratings are not where men's are, or like, you know, even great, but I don't think, I do think there's something to be said that the TV ratings are not like the end all be all with like how the money can be generated in the WNBA. And we've had this want, talk a million times. I want to put a, a, a bad signal out. Uh, I don't know if Sam will, will jump on because he might he might be dealing with the baby. I don't know. He's in the chat. Sam is Fendiari. I know he has some family connection to somebody who is in a situation. Uh, I wouldn't say completely the same, but with some similarities. 
So if one Samus Fendiari wants to jump in the caller queue, you know, I, I would like to take that call. So I'll just put that out there. I don't know. I don't know if it's anybody's fault. That's the weird thing is that if she should be making more than whose fault is it? Um, and you say the NBA, some would say the public. Bill Burr would blame women. Uh, but let's let's get Sam on here. Uh, make him the next caller. Have uh, have one Sam is Fendiari. Get in here. Sam, you are on. You are on, sir. Muted, but on you are. What's up, Ethan? Hey, there you go. Uh, by the way, Ryan, pleasure, pleasure to meet fan of your work. You, um, oh, thank you. Nice to meet you as well. Um, all right, Ethan, what are, what are we talking about? So, like, I've, I've actually had, and, and I really don't want to get into too many specifics on it, so I'll keep it vague, but, you know, yeah. people are smart enough to Google I've actually had family members who have been detained by despot governments for 11 months. And my entire feeling on this is it's entirely a political display for Putin to gain power. Like Mm. he is he is detaining a American who had drugs, who also is like openly LGBTQ. Putin's entire rhetoric is like traditional values and we cannot trust the West. Like nothing displays Mm. the idea of West more than someone like Brittany Griner. So just literally being able to detain her and then watching American celebrities make it seem like she should be released because of her status allows him to get political. Like it it Mm. plays up his narrative more than anything, which is why I would argue that like the U S government has tried to keep this okay, whole this, thing as under wraps as pot. Like, the, okay. So this is fascinating. This is yeah. fascinating. So is what's happening that certain actors involved, athletes, celebrities just don't know how to shut up and they're, they're doing something because I know initially it was reported that way, that the reason you weren't hearing about it was because the U.S. government was saying it's not helpful in the political game to raise such a such a stink. It seems like something happened internally where a lot of people just said, fuck it. Maybe they grew impatient that it wasn't happening fast enough, well, according to them. Let, let, let's take a step back. You have yeah. the whole Ukraine thing, which is like it's just Putin deciding to invade a country. Yep. But, um, so, so like he's not in any way like a good actor in this whole situation but like the the entire thing is cold war rhetoric where it's like Zelensky is like fawned over by western elites which is what putin wants the whole way and um being able to detain someone whose values probably are in conflict of like standard russians who tend to lean more conservative and just in general Putin's, you know, like what he's trying to push, which is this idea that we need a strong Russia because we can't trust the West. They don't stand for anything that's Russian and insert like fundamentalist language that you see through like, I don't know, 50% of the world in opposition to the West. Right. Mm. Um, So in, in doing so, it just, it just creates like a perfect proxy for him to gain support among people who are probably sitting in Russia going, why are we invading a country? I would like to have a job, you know, like mm. it, it, it's like, it's like a total old school political mm. wag the dog is the way I see it. And then uh, on the flip side, like 
on the on the U.S. side, it's like obviously she doesn't. Des- she's she's being used as a pawn. Yeah. God knows how many times she's gone in and out of Russia and probably brought in marijuana with her. And yeah. like, there's like an unspoken thing, and then just getting detained. He, like, we we all know how this works. She's yeah. being used. She's being used as a pawn in a political game for some like, for some, like geopolitical well, elites. You know, it's why I do have some sympathy for her because I recognize that she was allowed to break the rules until this very moment. And you can get used to that and think that's just the arrangement. And that's what they would tell players. They wouldn't tell WNBA players, Oh my God, be careful. You're going to get locked up. If and, you and break that's, the rules. And that's always the case with these. Um, I don't want to say I'm trying to think of the right word, but like, let's just say countries that like Americans would not willingly go play sports in unless the money was right. Yeah. The the rule is always, you know, well, you will be taken care of. We have a handler who will get you whatever you want. You see this in the middle East with soccer all the time, you know, no alcohol allowed in any Islamic country. But if a Brazilian player who's really good at dribbling the ball goes there, uh, you know, we'll make we'll make sure that the requisite amount of vodka and tequila and, you know, women and whatever are yeah. available to them. Like it, it's a total it's a total not. I mean, there's no rules. It's like who, you know, type of thing. So I, I can only assume Griner had the same situation. Because well, she's if you one read of the the, um, the Kate Fagan article from a few years ago that that mentions Griner, she basically lays it out that they're taken care of and feted. Uh, in a way that is not what the other people in the country uh, get, that they're in this closed loop of a system where they are treated differently and don't even have to interact with people so much and get to do whatever they want to do. And due to that are, I think, liable to extol how great it is out there and are liable to shit on the United States by comparison and would say things like, oh, the irony that we would have to go to a communist country to get paid money and, and whatnot and take and take shots. I will say, um, as far as Griner, uh, I know that people reference how she didn't want to uh, come out for the national anthem. Uh, some of the comments she had were a little more nuanced than just typical America bashing. I would throw that out there. As, as something to just potentially, I don't know if it changes anything as far as what we're saying, but these things just become so binary. And um, what did so she I, say? Um, I would have to, I would have to pull up the, uh, pull up the article, but it was, I think she wasn't saying, I hate my country. She was expressing frustration. She, I think had family members, including her father, I believe in the military, unless I'm making that up. Yeah. Her dad was a Vietnam vet. Yeah, and it was a little more nuanced than some of what you're seeing in conservative media. I mean, they would still say, piss off, you didn't come out for the anthem, but it wasn't it wasn't like cartoon. It wasn't like I, Megan Rapino level. Yes, that's the perfect yes. Yeah, Rapino. She wasn't being Rapino, is is what I would say. She was being like Yeah, what, and somewhere from of- like Carly Lloyd, who's the only one who stands on one end of the spectrum. To Reagan Rapino, who um, will just you know aggravate you anytime she speaks. On the yeah. other end, Griner's in the middle. One of my favorite things when I did my research on the ESPYs, which nobody watched, um, was Rapino saying not to get political, but you know I like to get political, and like kind of being a little cute. And she she expected a laugh, 
and it was dead silent. <laughs> there was one person who clapped. It's just nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> nobody wants to hear it. And I, he said something bizarre. I'm trying to even remember what was said about the uh, that we shouldn't be here, even though we're here, basically. Like, we shouldn't be at a fancy event and a fancy award ceremony dressed up all nice, even though we're here because of Griner. And I mean, yes, it would be nice if we could just admit collectively that she's kind of insufferable. And it's not just you don't need to be a right winger to, to admit such a thing. Right. Um, well, and that's not. Of, and she is. And that's kind of part of the reason that um, the Griner thing is is in some ways far more interesting and nuanced because it's like someone who has I don't, I don't want to say she has like a nuanced world in the view, but like, how could you not have a more nuanced view on the world if you are literally playing professionally in a country yeah. as an authoritarian dictator so there's there's this certain understanding of i may have issues with a lot of things in my country but contextually i can't view it in a certain way and rapino just comes across like every rich kid who's never actually struggled in any way lecturing you like i know that's not her story but that's exactly the attitude in which when she talks where i'm just like all right, I, I, I'm not listening anymore. Okay, I'm about to go full glib. Full glib right now. <laughs> full glibness. Oh, uh, again, again, and look, I'll, I'll have Aggr- Don't aggregate this. A reader sent me this idea. A reader did. It was not me. It came from a reader. Oh, my God. Sam's, like, muting himself in preparation. A reader sent this idea. Basically, I, I'm putting my own spin recapitulating it, but... What if Putin said, if KD plays for CSK Moscow for one year, you know, that's that those are the terms right there. He doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. You know, we will pay him handsomely. That's the way to squash this and quash this. Uh, would anybody want to just see that floated? And say, what would even the reaction be? Dur- I think Durant's the one who says no. <laughs> I'm enamored by the idea of KD while still in his prime deciding to leave the NBA to dominate EuroLeague. Like, and wouldn't I, I he be say, a hero? Wouldn't it? Be, wouldn't he be a hero for doing that? I can already see the documentaries. That one man just in pursuit of basketball purity. He just some... wore like <laughs> 75 a game. Yeah, and and be a hero for freeing her, and then CSK Moscow. What? what it, but like, oh man, imagine like. Just, and that's um, Katie's that's fantasy. Just whoever, whoever the best footers on slow six seven white guys, just awesome. <laughs> and then arguing the with people about how good though. they are. <laughs> um, imagine the first take segment though. He gets to the finals, scores like seventy, but his team loses to the Spanish team. Oh, oh God! The takes, the takes. Oh, it would introduce. It would introduce. He's not really. a leader. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I look. I don't expect uh, old Vladdy to, uh, to to try to go that direction, but it's just an idea. You got to get creative I mean, with these things. We can we can go full like uh, just cynic with this with with it, which is like, and now ESPN can monetize mm. Euro League rights, which they paid far less for pre KD. Mm. And you know, now next thing you know, we're all watching. CSK Moscow. Oh God, the hipster. No, I was for this before, but the basketball hipsterism that this will unleash would threaten to envelop just, and poison our just, country. Just lying, just lying about how PSG is going to stop uh, 
KD and you know I can see this whole thing play. I'm in. I'm in right now. Oh God, I can't. It, it, you're you're for those who don't know, Sam has done a very clever thing of identifying basketball hipsterism and just tweeting out photography of hipsters in different scenes and beer gardens whenever he sees such a take or uh, somebody with a, an opinion on a player okay. that might be on the Hornets or whatnot. Oh okay, my God. So he's about to be the most hipster team of all time. Yeah. You, you have, you have Chet Holmgren, you, you have what would they get? Chip, Chip England, the, uh, the Spurs coach. It's, I, I cannot wait for the volume of, of hipster takes in, yeah. in Oklahoma City. I when I saw when I saw Woj break the Chip England thing, the shooting coach to OKC, my immediate thought, knowing nothing, was I don't think a Celtics trade for KD is in the works. If, if there's time to do that, <laughs> if there's time to do that, then I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure that thing is uh, is really in the works. Um, yeah, I said I was going to talk about the whole. KD Celtics story, but I don't even know if I want to talk about that because we have Sam. As long as we're bending his ear, uh, Draymond, Sam, <laughs> you know what? What the hell? What's your take? I think this is about to be hilarious. That's my. Can take. you give a little expository for the people? Okay, so um, our mutual friend uh, Marcus and and Anthony Slater uh, broke the story today that you know. They, Draymond wants an extension and he wants the max allowed extension for him, which by the way, would still only make him the fourth highest paid player on the team. Not saying he's worth the quoted numbers, but I do love the, the spin of a max extension when really it is just like extending him at the max allowed, which would still make him paid less than Andrew Wiggins and Clay. Those guys. Yeah, but they, they don't want to be on the hook for him even three years from now. No, not at all. So, so anyway, I'm, 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 I'm playing out yeah. the, I'm, I'm drawing it out. It is, I think the Warriors potentially could be a gigantic shit show this year in mm. the funniest way possible because you have Draymond wanting an extension, hyper aware of probably what his market is outside of the Warriors, which is not nearly as good as the numbers he's trying to get. Um, you have Jordan Poole wanting an extension, and he's a young player who has not ever got a big contract. You have Andrew Wiggins probably want an extension. And then you have three young players who are drafted in the lottery who want to play so that they can prove that they can get money. I, I feel like this has potential to be one of those like great on paper plans, but actually mm. a complete mess behind the scenes. Negative because, Sam like, is back. It was a, a month, a month of glory, and negative Sam is back. I mean, I mean, there's only there's only so much Steph Curry like positive glow I can put on the world. So yeah. I'm I'm just saying, am I wrong on this? Like, I, does this not does this not feel like one of those situations where like if I lay out the scenarios, you're going to say six to seven out of ten times. This plays towards the non-positive mm. scenario. You know? It's a little you know rickety. It, it seemed like losing GP2, it, it just seems like it's a little rickety. And I guess you couldn't keep everybody. But um, it, it, it's, yeah. It, but then again, I mean, I wouldn't have seen the championship season coming. I don't want to doubt. I don't know who comes up. Here's the thing. It's like, who else in the West? In Kirk Lake, we trust. Yes. In Kirk Lake, we trust. Yes. Uh <laughs> 
But, but it's just who else in the West? It would be the question. Who else comes up? Who else is the threat? They might have problems. It's relative to everybody. The Mavs are the Mavs could be potentially. Hmm. No. Uh, Luca, yes, but I, I'm not sure I buy anyone else on that roster. So yeah, yeah, I don't know I, what I might, I might buy Minnesota, but I also it's Minnesota, so I, I don't know. I, I might be getting too hipster right now. <laughs> yeah, and Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert has issues with Steph uh, guarding out there. Um, the lack of respect that the Warriors have for Rudy Gobert is, is an interesting thing. But yeah, okay. okay. I do want to. I want to. Can, can we run up my um, Nets theory by Sam? See what he thinks about it. I love it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So that the like everyone here is probably saw. You know, the Nets and Celtics had trade talks that involved Durant and Jalen Brown. Didn't seem like they were going anywhere. The story came out in the middle of the night. Like, it's like you wake up, and that's what everybody's talking about. You scroll back through Twitter. You see Woj and Shams both had it at, I don't know, like three in the morning, like minutes apart from each other. And so the question is, did the Nets deliberately get that out there in order to just like knowing they're not going to do the trade with the Celtics just to throw a stink bomb in their locker room to have Jalen Brown all pissed off that they would dare consider Mm. including him in a package for Durant. Brilliant. Oh, I I love that theory. I actually 100% agree with it because there's always been like weird noise with Jalen Brown, the Celtics in general. Too. Yeah. So it's like you're you're playing up on pre-existing insecurities. It's like when you go to, it's like when you you pick at your your spouse on that one specific thing that you know mm-hmm. is not the move to hit on. Like it's that type of like they're picking on a, a yeah because it's like that Tatum wasn't named, you know, and it would you would, never it would take him things. to yeah. get Durant. Yeah, and, and like you could actually make the case that a what like that swap makes total sense for the Celtics. It's like we're gonna come back with the same team, but with a better small forward than Jason Tatum. You know, yeah. like they don't have to they don't have to reconsider anything they do basketball wise, other other than like you know kind of managing the relationship. But like, it, you know, it, you are correct. Like it, it makes total sense. I think Durant. I think going to the Celtics would be the best move for Durant just in terms of his career, because there's such a disproportionate amount of media uh, in the Northeast. Um, it would be finally he would have fans. That, that will completely rewrite history if, it, yes. if he wins, right? Yes. yes. The Boston dynamic. I mean, Boston's practically, it's far away, but it is uh, practically a suburb in the hearts of the Bristolites. Uh, I, I feel like if you wanted propaganda, uh, and you wanted propaganda on ESPN and people who would craft a new narrative that well, is there, far there, more favorable. You know, there's suburbs of Chicago that, with traffic, take longer to get to <laughs> Chicago and back than it takes to get from Bristol to Boston, having yes. grown up out there. Well, that's just because there's absolutely bumfuck nothing between Bristol and Boston, or in that. It's yeah, in so you can drive like 90 miles an hour and nobody bothers you. Yes, it is really. There's really nothing there. It's it's amazing the nothing uh, the nothing there is. But 
Yeah, I think that is that that's the best move. And you, you do a few appearances on Bill Simmons podcast and Simmons is excited about it. It's just I think it, and you're with a, an organization that has a storied history. And if it's Celtics versus Lakers, now it's LeBron versus KD. I, I, hey, I, I don't think he has any perfect options. Yeah, but there. I think the Nets put that out there because they're not sending him there. I know. I know. I mean, who knows what Joe Sy wants? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. They're but not, Joe not going to trade him because it's the same Moscow. thing. Go ahead, Sam. I said, I said Joe Sy might want to send him to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect way to bring that back full circle. Oh, it's a good, it's a good metaphor. It's uh, you better watch out. I mean, if you're if you're Kevin Durant, you're doing a Nike tour in China. You know, you, you bet there there might be some calls made. You you better watch. You better watch out. You know, be advised is, is what I would recommend. And in fact, I would recommend not doing the Nike tour in China if you're one. If you're one, Kevin Durant. Oh my God, if that happened, oh geez. I mean, again, don't want to be glib, but uh, yeah, that's that 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 would be uh, that would be a situation. That would be a mess if if that happened. Uh, but I Sam, don't think the media would push us nearly as hard for Durant to get freed if he got like jailed in China as they have with Griner. Wow. Yeah. I guess the devil would be in the details there now, wouldn't it? But I, I suspect. Let's say it's vape cartridges. Yeah. Yeah. I think the devil would be in the details, but look again, not trying to be glib except totally trying to be glib. Uh, it's just, you know, a warning uh, to athletes and celebrities everywhere. If you're in these countries that uh, have uh, nuclear weapons and, let's say, a, a, an adversarial relationship with the United States, then you might you might want to be careful. And that's this public service announcement right right now, right here. Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit a little bit about the whole live golf situation as far as announcers are concerned. Sam, uh, do you want to stay around for that one, or do you want to do you need to go? No, I'm gonna take off. I appreciate it. All right, fun. thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for the takes. That's all I want from my friends. I just need their takes. They're precious, precious takes. So I appreciate that appearance from one Samus Fendiari. You guys should check out the Light Years podcast and all other work that he is doing out there. So Ryan, can you can you do the expository on the uh, this live golf situation that is metastasized? Uh, from golfers to an arms race uh, for announcers? Yeah, so, I mean, they've been courting Charles Barkley. He's met with them. And, is you know, they've been paying Mickelson $200 million, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, around, like, $150 million in guaranteed money up front for, like, you know, to be, uh, like, maybe three- or four-year deals plus what they make from their tournaments. And so then it comes out um, that they're courting Barkley. Barkley just, like, answers every question. He goes on a bunch of shows. He talks to, like, uh, he talked to Andrew Marsham, my colleague at the New York Post. He talked to Dan Patrick. You ask him, like, a question, and he just gives you, like, the total unfiltered answer. It's a big part of what makes him so popular is that he doesn't, filter himself whatsoever and so now it's at the point where he's like they i need an offer by thursday or i'm out and wow he said but i mean they would need to offer him like 
you know, 50 million, 60 million a year. Cause he makes 20 million between TNT wow. and endorsements. And he's underpaid because if like Tom Brady's worth 35, then Barkley's worth a lot more than 10. He's the greatest American TV personality of all time. That is what I would say. I, I, I mean, Howard Cosell or it's, you know, um, Johnny Carson, but. Well, t- well uh, I, I should say, I said sports. Did I say sports? No. Johnny Carson, okay, I, not TV, sports TV personality, to specify. He's the greatest American sports TV personality of all time, although you could make an argument for Howard Cosell. Yeah, uh, one of and, the, they're one and two probably. And John yeah. Madden, those three. Yes, um, yes, but as far as guys who are alive. Yeah, as far as guys who are number alive, yeah, him and Chris Berman are one and two. Yeah, he's ahead of Chris Berman. And Chris Berman had a hell of a run, but I just think Charles Barkley, uh, funniest, unbelievable talent, and un- just a connection uh, with the with the public that uh, is unlike anyone else's. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would start – I know it's, uh, it's bad news uh, with the Saudis are up to in many respects, but – if Charles Barkley was announcing those games, I, I, I would, I would check it out. I'd be curious. Yeah. I mean, and they want him to play in these programs and stuff too. It's not just to be like an announcer. Um, yeah. but the, although that's part of it, but, um, he's like, yeah, if they offer me that, I'm going to take it. He's like the, the, all he knows, like he's mixed the NBA. He's in the NBA. The NBA is mixed up with China. So what he yeah. would be doing is not any less virtuous than the entity he's already connected with. Yeah. This is the, what about, uh, what about ism I can get behind right here. Uh, this is the relativism that I am, uh, I, I am feeling. I mean, I think it's true. I mean, why are the Saudis worse than China? I mean, I don't think anybody could really articulate a case. And uh, the United States is an ally of China, so it's okay for the government. An uh, ally, the, of ally of Saudi Arabia. Like, yeah, and, and by the way, Joe Friend Biden just went there, groveled for them yes. to lower gas prices. He made God knows what trade with them in order for them to do it so that they could like own the internet with like a tweet about how Americans are saving 35 bucks a month since the peak of gas. I'm yeah, not, I could totally see, that. I could totally see Charles Barkley just joking in his adorable way that he's just trying to bring gas prices down for all of us. So that's, that's <laughs> why he's doing this. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to make the argument that this would be a, a moral bridge too far. It would just be disappointing to all of us who enjoy watching him on Turner. Well, I have enjoy- good news for you there because Marshand who's plugged in, um, he, in the, like, in the paywall newsletter, the sports quicker newsletter on Monday, he's reported that Barkley still has three years left on his TNT deal. Mm-hmm. And so like he, he said it was quote, highly unlikely that Barkley would be able to leave TNT for live golf. The two scenarios, which are much likelier he reported were that Barkley would do both of them or that TNT would rip up his deal and give him a bigger new deal in line with what, like, you know, Buck, not maybe not as much as Buck Aikman and Brady in that, and Tony Romo, like Buck Aikman and Romo are in like the 20 million, 15, 20 million range. 
Brady is going to be making like 37 and a half a year. So maybe you get Barkley up from 10 to 15, like get him some more endorsements, get those up from 10 to 15. All of a sudden he's at 30 and he doesn't have to totally disrupt what his life has been and he likes. So it, it doesn't seem, knock on wood, like we're going to lose him from the NBA in the immediate term. I mean, just just Charles Barkley winning at life all the time, despite not winning the championship. Um, I don't know if he wants to work that hard, but I guess every man has a price. Well, there's not. It's only like there. It's live isn't like the PGA Tour. That's their whole drawing point, other than the money to the golfers. <laughs> is that it's much fewer appearances. I think they have like fifteen tournaments a year or something. It's not. You know, every weekend you're driving from Birmingham to Atlanta to Hartford, et cetera. Yeah. Like they, they're spread out. They're in places that you want to travel to, like London and outside of New York City and stuff. So, um, it, it's, it, it isn't, um, this like, you know, day in, day out grind that he'd be committing to. Okay, okay. I'm intrigued by the whole live golf situation. People tell me I should write about it. I haven't found a good way into it, um, even if I enjoy thinking about it. You know, maybe that's something that's something for well, me. Lord uh... knows I've written about it. <laughs> by the way, Chicago Charlie in the chat. Uh, before we go, I might want Chicago Charlie to, to call in. I do not believe him when he says that he's already been watching CSK Moscow. I want him to call in with that Chicago accent and lie to us because I just, I don't believe him, but he's got some, uh, some very funny takes, very funny takes. In and the, uh, and then the I, I do want to get into my perk story and backlash too. Oh yeah. 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 Let's get, let, let's go through that. Um, your, did that, did that story do really well for you? It because did. It I did feel, really yeah. well. It got like, 300,000 page views, which is a lot. Um, I figured those French Bulldogs and uh, the large man's connection to them. Uh, I figured people would want to click. Yeah, it was like, it was probably like my like second or third highest of, of the month. Um, which, and I had like a pretty good month. So, mm. the, um, but all right. So I wrote about how he has started with like, his brother-in-law and two other people. And now they've also partnered with this company, this, these breeders in the UK. He's got a multi-million dollar Frenchie breeding business. They paid a million dollars for this like adorable pink fluffy Frenchie named Jay-Z. And they <laughs> sell his sperm for a hundred grand at a time. How does one get involved in this? So it was Well, this- his like brother-in-law just like found, figured out that, like you get, if you can get one litter, you can make your money back immediately between a male and a female. And so they, they bred them and you need, like, you need to like, you need to like do a semen transfer that you can't just get them to have sex. And so they, um, he made like 50 or 60 grand per litter on two different litters per cut intrigued by it and so they've spent four years basically just like leveling up and now they're at a point where they've sold like a $250,000 dog and they're selling semen for a hundred grand a pop I mean other than having an understanding that 
the economy is about to collapse. And this is the sort of decadent indicator. Uh, I mean, it's already been collapsing uh, that that shows us that we are on shaky ground. I'm very impressed with Perk. I, I, I yeah, they've got this. so they've got 40 of these now. They won't like only the four people in the business know where they're housed. Like it's they have like a hundred acre compound in rural Texas that's like guarded by like walls, security camera, wow. dogs. Um, like when they sell one of them, it has to be one of them who travels and delivers it because they can't trust anybody else to like execute that task and not have the hundred thousand dollar dog go missing oh um, my god <laughs> so but then uh go ahead no 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 continue i was just picturing the scarface push it to the limit montage but instead of bags of money uh at the bank they're just bringing more and more uh french bulldogs with them as so the, it's the like a weird shocks. thing where like um, I got a lot of positive feedback for the story. Perk posted it on Instagram. Like he got positive comments from like Kevin Love, Isaiah Thomas, the like legendary one, not the one with two A's. Um, and mm-hmm. Ben Baller, that like celebrity like jeweler that the NBA oh, players all go to. So like, you know, lots Maybe of not. blue check, like, wow, you're getting money, like this is awesome. And then there was like a sect of animal rights activists who would go after him and then they came after me for doing this story and it's just like saying like oh this is so <laughs> cruel um there's so many dogs that are suffering in shelters and it's like look, look i have go ahead no i didn't say anything i i, 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 I thought weird. you were speaking but um so like i was getting I probably had, it was maybe only like 10 people, but several of these women were just bombarding me on Instagram, like, and tagging me and like saying shame on me for writing this story. PETA sent me an unsolicited statement, uh, just like asking me to like retract or update the story and talking about how cruel it was. Okay. Let's steal, let's steal man this argument before we take a, a call from Charlie. How is what they're doing with the French bulldog breeding uh, connected to the like, what? What harm is specifically? They, they have what's a, happening? they have it out against the whole breeding industry. They think that like you know the weak ones just get like killed right away when they're puppies, and that the whole process is um, cruel to animals to like have um these like beautiful dogs be bred for expensive sales and so they but like perk was jumping in the comments saying like we treat these dogs like our own children like get out of here with all of the negativity and there's also like the fact that if you're somebody like who's gonna buy a hundred thousand dollar dog if that option isn't available to you it's not like the shelters or the pounds are now going to be emptied. Like no. th- those people are just not going to have a dog. It's so I have a rescue dog and I probably am going to have rescue dogs for the rest of my life, but different people have different preferences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like one of these, 
pink uh, French bulldog puppies. I'm looking at the picture Call right her. now. But, like, you can <laughs> get you can get like a low end Frenchie for five or ten grand. Like oh, you're the number man. one sports writer on Substack. <laughs> really how dumb one. can I spend my money? It's a good question. Uh, how stupid can I be with it? I was I was mulling an outdoor sauna uh, yesterday, and I was thinking about it, but then thought, nah, I should probably be a little more uh, frugal frugal with my funds but yeah all i know is this if i came home and i had a french bulldog puppy uh my wife would not want me to go out there and have done that but once it's in the house she would not you know (laughs) she wouldn't kick it out she wouldn't bring it to the shelter no it would be it would be in our house in in perpetuity so uh that is I unbelievable response right there. It doesn't seem totally rational. People are like going and commenting on pictures of my Instagram with like one of my kids and one of my dogs, like saying like, shame on you. How can you consider yourself a dog lover and write (laughs) that story? I mean, I, again, I, I don't see it logically laid out. Maybe there's some sort of argument that would track a little bit better for me. Um, as to why it's also bad, but unless I, unless Perk is killing the dogs that he sees as underperforming, I, I don't really see the argument for why this is uh, this is so terrible. It just seems to be a a fairly amusing story of it's decadence. A, it's like a very like if that's your pet cause, you're pretty privileged. No pun intended. Ah, there you go. Um, okay, let's close out here by taking Chicago Charlie's call. Uh, and uh, seeing if he is legit right here, and he is actually watching CSK Moscow. Uh, I don't, I don't believe him. I want to hear it. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Oh man, I, I'm Ethan. I'm going to give you the full scouting report on the. Okay, let's Moscow. see. We got Johannes Voitman, Joe Ballenboy, Nikolia Militinov, dude. We they're they're one of the. Uh, oh, you're reading. Weird... You could be reading names off Wikipedia. <laughs> Listen, details. man, I go deep. I go deep with Cheska. Um, real quick though, we gotta get we gotta get Perk calling a Westminster <laughs> Dog Show the way he calls an NBA draft. Just oh <laughs> yeah. Oh please. Now that's the guy, you know. Uh, like, I um <laughs> I, I I can plant that idea. I'm pro Perk Hell by yeah. the way. I'm Hell pro yeah. per. Oh, I am too. He's a fantastic <laughs> analyst. Um, he's probably yeah. number two to Barkley, right? I mean, he a lot of a lot of hipsters don't like him, and I just enjoy the honesty. I don't agree with every take, but there's something about his personality, his way of being. I am pro perk. But Charlie, you were saying. Yeah, so you got me thinking, Ethan. This is something I so I I do watch Cheska. They got booted out of I never know if it's Cheska or CSKA, but I roll with Cheska. But they got mm-hmm. booted out of the Euro League when um Russia invaded Ukraine and like all of most of the top players that were not from Russia left. And it really it it made apparent something I've been thinking about um, kind of a parallel to something you wrote about with Chinese basketball and the failure of of China to develop, like in comparison to their population and how much resource they put into the into basketball. So Russia has three teams uh, in the Euro League before they got kicked out. That attracted they had huge budgets, right? They attracted mm. dudes from all over the world. Um, but none, there's no Russians in any of like the top mm. eight of their rotations. None of the coaches are Russian. Um, in the Euro Cup teams, one tier before, 
None of the top dudes are Russian. I'm like, what is going on in Russia? Like, what? There's never. We a need school. to find out. Windhorse yeah. meme. What is going on in what Russia? What is what's going? Why there's is not. That? There's like why? Because there's no you know Real Madrid and these different like Serbia has these youth systems that develop. It's just strange that like they dwarf any other country in Europe by a huge margin. They clearly have the funds um, for pro basketball, but they don't develop any talent, you know? Yeah. And they got their hockey players and I think they've done okay in soccer. That is quite odd. I mean, and I, and I would think, I would think that they're, look, I, 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 I need to look into it. You know, I can't just start expounding i can't start throwing out theories and i'll take a theory we got you can you can throw a theory you don't have to have the answers i'm just i don't i don't know how tall russians are i i'm aware of tall russians i don't know how tall they are i know in the former yugoslavia people are very very tall i know that much so that's something i need to look into uh so i can tell I can tell you. So I looked this up, and it and it gets into some weird kind of eugenics thing, which is straight. You know, I get <laughs> Why it. Why not? Why but not like, throw that on the on the pile? So like, all right. So so the former Soviet Union countries, right next to Russia, Lithuania, Latvia. Like Lithuania's had. I mean, in the oh, last, yeah, they have got some talent. Yeah, and it's like I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure there's not a ton of separation genealogically or whatever from Russians and Lithuania. Lithuanians probably don't want to hear that, but um, there's I, actually I, a famous chart um, used by the Russian police of the sort of face ethnic stereotype of every ethnicity within the Russian Empire that you can probably find online and they so so according to them like they have drawn uh lithuanians and latvians according to you know whatever stereotype that they have so that's you know that's floating around out there you know these cartoon sketches <laughs> that the uh russian police i believe were using to try to figure it out but the, the fact that they would need to use it i think might suggest that it's not so easy <laughs> it's right not so clear yeah but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's strange to me that there's I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about. Yeah, so. I think that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, hey, uh, Chicago, Chicago, Charlie, are you watching the Bear? Have you seen the Bear on FX? No, dude, I gotta get a uh, I gotta get it. Everybody's telling me to watch. I gotta get a Hulu password. But yeah, yeah, um, I gotta get on that. I got a buddy that's that's uh, pops up in it, uh, an actor buddy. So yeah, I gotta watch that best first season of television I've seen in years and very very chicago so that's the recommendation i'm leaving everybody with thanks for calling in charlie uh ryan you got anything to plug Uh, Um, the outro i'm gonna i hope this week i'm gonna have a story on a baseball team that only plays road games and they're three and 57 jeez Woo. Okay, well, I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, pretty soon, I'll have a long interview I did with Dan Lebetard. I know I did one, uh, a South Beach session that he put out, uh, but I had him on my podcast. Yes, it will be paywalled, uh, but it's going to be, who knows, after the editing, probably about an hour and 40 minutes, and we touch on all kinds of topics. We even did discuss the Michelle Tafoya interview, Ryan. Oh, you know, boy. Cool. That's a, a good little bit of a- It's a little bit of a teaser right there. So be on the lookout for that, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Stay safe. Enjoy your vacations. Until next time, folks. All right. Good job by you. Good job by you.